0: I want to draw your attention to the book of Ephesians chapter number 4. Chapter number 4, book of Ephesians. And uh, we're going to read uh, four verses. We're talking about renewing the mind. We're talking about a series entitled Under Construction. Particularly the subtopic of renewing one's mind. And the Apostle Paul says, chapter 4, verse 20-24, through he says... That, however, or that, however, is not the way of life you've learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. It's a powerful verse because it starts off saying that there's something that we learned when we came to Christ. And that's, that's so important for us to know as a basis of what I want to talk about because when I came to Jesus, when a person accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior, there are some things that happen without cooperation. In other words, there are things that happen that you have nothing to do with that. Number one, he saves you. Number two, he saves you sanctifies you. Number three, he propitiates. And I'll explain that one day. He propitiates you. Number four, he justifies you. Number five, he regenerates you. Number six, he adopts you. Those things happen the very moment I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And these things that happen, I don't need to learn them. They just happen. But then, the writer of the, gospel, the, the the epistle of Paul, of, of Ephesians, he's saying, the apostle Paul, he's saying, after I'm in Christ, there are some things that I needed to learn. There are some things I needed to grow. And he says, that, however, is not the way you've learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. In other words, I'm in Christ, but now that I'm in Christ, there are some things I have to learn after I'm saved, to be the person God has called me to be. And so salvation in and of itself, it's the doorway that takes me to heaven, but it's not the end. There are some things, until I get to heaven, there are some things I need to work in my life now that can guarantee and help me and escort me, if you will, towards that place called heaven. And how do I do that? What do I do? I got to learn some things. And he says, the things that you learn according to the truth that is in Jesus. Verse 22, you were taught with regards to your former way of life or your old man to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by the deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your mind. So what is the Apostle Paul telling us? We need to let go some things, and we need to put on some things, and this is how you put it on. It's not you go to a closet and you put on these things. You put on these things simply by renewing and shifting your way of thinking, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. under construction. I said that Sunday that when we got saved, and you got saved. When I gave my life to Jesus, I remember when I gave my life to Jesus that it was a sublime moment. I remember I remember I was in a tent in the Bronx and I remember the piano was playing Danny what was that he's not like, okay the, the, the piano was playing it was like gling 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 and I was so ex- I was so sentimental I was so emotional I was so excited because it was such a powerful word that was preached but then the atmosphere of the brethren crying and praising the Lord and the music and everything was beautiful and 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 and, and my environment in the natural was majestic but the moment I got saved In the spiritual world, the Bible says that there's a celebration, there's a party, but in the spiritual world, a construction process, have you guys ever been through a construction site? Have you been there? And it's just so noisy, (laughs) it's just so much noise. In the spirit world, when you give your life to Jesus, that's what it sounds like, because now you got the Holy Spirit trying to ram in your heart and trying to work in your spirit and trying to... demolish some things that are in you so while you're enjoying the music on the outside there's a construction process going on on the inside And 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 so how does God change us is the question because God is in the business of putting us so that we can be like the Bible says become to the image of the Father and then the Bible says that God's desire for us is that he may be Jesus Christ. The Bible says, the stone that the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. That Jesus Christ, who's the chief cornerstone, he could, when he said the chief cornerstone, he, what, what, what he's talking about is, in other words, before you put a pillar, look, look at these pillars. They look so pure, pretty, right? All these pillars are nice. But before you, put a, before you put that, you need the foundation. You need the, the, the cement. You need the bottom part that's going to hold the pillar. The Bible says that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. So what's the job of the Holy Spirit? When I accepted Jesus, the Holy Spirit entered my heart. And what's the Holy Spirit's job? The Holy Spirit's job now is to take Jesus, who is the chief cornerstone and put them in the depths of my heart, in the depth of my mind, so that out of that foundation, I can become who God wants me to become. But if I start building and building and building, and my foundation is weak, the first storm that comes— The first hurricane that comes, the first crisis that comes, I'm going to pack up my bags and leave. But if Jesus is the chief cornerstone and I allow the Holy Spirit to drill in my heart and break me and break the cement of the calluses of the past, and then he puts his son, the son of God, in my heart, and he enters in the core so that everything I say, everything I do, everything I, 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 I exhibit manifests the glory of God. I tell you, church, you will become a people transformed into the image of God. But to do that, but to do that, check this out. We got to get rid of the old lifestyle, the old mindset of living, the way we used to live before Jesus Christ came in our hearts. And that, that my friend, that is one of the hardest things to do. Because you could be a Christian, and somebody step on your toe if you're a girl, meow. you could be driving, fellas, in the highway on 417, and you're chilling with your little Jesus music and, and hallelujah, and somebody cuts you in the middle of the highway. How, how many of you guys ever got cut in the highway? And you're like, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> Why you're still hearing, Hosanna, Hosanna, and you look at him, and that look like... <laughs> says, we got to get rid, we got to get rid of the old self. And you know what's crazy? God don't do that for me. When I accepted Jesus, he saved me, but he ain't get rid of my old me. I got to do that myself. I got to fight every day. When I wake up in the morning, it's a battle. It's a battle not to be me. Every time I wake up in the morning, I fight to not be me. Because I've been me for 30 years. And then I come to Jesus, and in a two-minute prayer, I'm supposed to be not me. So, how do I do this? How do I become who God wants me to be? I got to get rid of the old, and I got to put on the new. The way we used to live, the way we used to think, we got to take that off. And look what the Bible says, when we have to put on the new man. How do we do that? By Christ entering our hearts. Now the struggle we have is the following. To remove the old, old lifestyle, which is the old you, your feelings, but that's the way I am. You don't like it. That's too bad. I was raised this way. You got to get rid of that junk. You know, that's that's, that's a Puerto Rican thing, but the Bible says you're not If anybody's in Christ, he's a new creation. Yeah, yeah, that's a hood thing. If you're not from the hood, then you don't understand. But, but this is not. We're regenerated. We're part of a new generation. We're part of a new people. So I can't come with Christ and be who I you. I can't be a Christ on Sunday and talk about hallelujah and robbing my job on Monday. I can't, I can't be a Christian on Sunday and, and puffing the magic dragon on Tuesday. you got to remove those things. And not only, I'm not only talking about the things we do, but I want to focus today about how we feel about the things we do. Paul says, it is corrupt. The things you think, the things you say, the things you do, those things of the old man, those are corrupt based on the deceitful lust of your old self. And then Paul says, we have to put off, the old, and put on the new. Remember that movie, Karate Kid? Wax on, (laughs) wax off. But you can't wax both. If I'm in Christ, either I'm waxing on or I'm waxing off. I got to put off some things and put on some new things. Because the truth of the matter is, you can't put on two people at the same time. Either you're going to put on the old man and his lustful desires, or you're going to put on the new man. I've never seen somebody come to church with two suits on. Hey, Pastor, you know, I know which one to wear, so, you know, I got a blue one and I got a white one, and I just sold them together. Here I am, blue-white. You either put one or put on the other. You cannot marry two men. Now, Pastor, look, I married him because he makes me laugh. I married him because he got money. So I married them both. You, you can't do that. I married her because she's pretty, but she can't have kids. But she had kids. So I'm going to be popping kids like, like a bunny rabbit. And I got her because she's cute. Why? Why can't you be with two women? What is that called? Adultery. In the spirit world, God says you either put on the old man Or you put on the new man. But if you're with both, spiritually, you're an adulterer. You're committing spiritual adultery. And God says you can either wear one or wear the other, but you can't wear both. And hear what God says I ain't got, listen, I ain't gonna tell you who you're gonna pick. That's your choice. But if you want to pick to put on the new man, I want you to know that I'm going to give you this thing called the Holy Spirit. And he's going to give you the power to say goodbye to the old and embrace the new. <laughs> Listen to me. And I'm going to tell you that what you, have on in, that what you have in you right now may not be real. Some of us, we're, some of us, we're living a fantasy. Some of us are living a fantasy. And I want to let you know that what you think is real may not be real. That what you feel is real may not be real. That what sounds real, oh, my God, you have to hear the way he talks to me. <laughs> so today we need a reality check. We need a reality check. Look what the Bible says. Because, because, because how do I become the new person? How do I do that? Do I go to the spiritual store and buy a, you know, a suit of, of holiness? How, how, do, how, how do I do this? Because if God's telling me put on and put off, he's speaking, he's speaking in literal terms, but the application is spiritually. So how do I put off this old man, which, by the way, has been with me since the day I was born? How do, I, how do I take this thing I've been wearing, I've been doing, I've been saying, I've been acting for, the, for 30 years, for 40 years, for 50 years? How do I take this off? And then how do I put on the new? How do I do that? Where does this happen? Where? It happens here. Happens here. Everybody here is dressed today, right? Everybody got clothes on today, right? right? Look at your name. Okay. You have your clothes on your back today, right? Who told you to wear what you wore today? Who picked the clothes you have on your back? Your head. So, fine, you got it on, but you, did, you didn't choose it. Your brain said, put on a green blouse, put on a blue blouse. So, you are manifesting in the outside the decisions that you made on the inside. So, when I look at your expression, I am looking at the end result of the choices you made, which is the reason why you're expressing what you're expressing. And so God is saying, this is why you need to get rid of your way of thinking, because the way you think, you're going to always express something contrary to the Word of God. But if you put on the mind of Christ, and you react, and you function, and you live based on how the Holy Spirit wants you to think, then your approach and life will be different, as it were, when you was living in the old way of living. So we need a reality check. Look what the Bible says. Romans chapter number 7, Verse 25. It says that with the mind, we serve the Lord. Put that verse up there. Romans 7.25. It says, with the mind, we serve the Lord. Time out. I thought you served the Lord with your big Bible and your long skirts and, and, and your 40-inch and tie knot. You know. The Bible says, here's how you serve the Lord. With your mind. This is how God determines who's who. Paul says, with the mind, we serve the Lord. And this is why we have to get our software updated. This is why we got to put our mind in check. And that little software between your two little ears right here, at least mine, some of you got big ears, but between your ears, you got to put it on check. And I want you to know that there is a constant battle. There is a constant battle because the enemy is out to hack your mind. He's out to hack your mind. I don't know. I don't know if if you have you guys. Remember, you know, now everybody got Apple devices and Apple phones. And and to get to get to to get a virus in your phone, like you you really got to be like going in crazy websites and do because because Apple created a system that makes it difficult for you to get a virus. But, but remember when you, had the, when you had the PCs and you had the, the Windows program, remember that? The first thing you would buy, you'd turn that sucker on and, and instantly, and it was just, you were clicking and, and you were getting fast, and, but, 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 but seven months into that purchase, it would take like an hour just to turn on. And the reason is, the reason is because, because, because some kind of way you know, you, they, they have these people called hackers, hackers, and hackers are people that what they do is they live on the Internet and they, they try to find ways to, to get people's account numbers and Social Security numbers and, and banks, and, and they're just hacking and hacking and hacking and going in and, and creating viruses to take information. And so and so what these hackers do they're constantly looking who is exposed so that they can go in their in software and in their CPU and and, and extract information and cause even computer crashes and etc let me submit to you that that is the battle that I'm talking about when I say there's a spiritual battle going on towards between the devil God and the flesh when it comes to you the enemy is out to to distort your brain, to distort your heart, to distort your actions. And here's what he does. He begins to hack you little by little. And let me tell you, let me tell you. He begins to hack you to the point that now you're running slow. Your computer's not running fast. He's, comp- he's beginning to hack you that now when you click in a website, it opens 30 more websites. He begins to hack you at a point that now your computer begins to crash. And you know what we do? You know what we do? Well, back then, because now we don't do that now. You know what we used to do? We used to go and buy anti Virus. And what's the job of an antivirus program? You download it in your computer, and that does the job. And the job that it does is, while, while you turn on the computer and you hit the application, it begins to look for words, for phrases for codes and, and and it's doing this little thing and you can't really see it because it's just numbers are moving and letters are moving and things are moving and while that's happening what that program is doing is looking for everything that's not supposed to be in the computer let me tell you that when you gave your life to Jesus the Holy Spirit is in your heart and his job is to create a spy, an antivirus program in your spirit so that now you can say wait a minute this is not what I want to do and this is not how I want to live but you got to click that sucker invite the Holy Spirit in and let work in your life. Now, what happens? What happens? I, I had it one time, and I remember one time, after it did all of his research, all of his research, it found like 1,700 and something viruses. And it told me, after this comprehensive analysis, we have detected 1,700 and somewhat viruses. And it gave me two options, ignore or delete. And you know what I did? I deleted it. And I took off all of those viruses. And when I took off all of the viruses and I started working by computer, the computer was working better, it was working faster, it was clicking in quicker. Let me tell you, when you take off the old man and you put on the new man, the Holy Spirit, He's gonna go in your software, and He's gonna go in your heart, and He's gonna start finding out things. You gotta take this out, and you gotta take out that attitude, and you gotta take out that disposition, and you gotta take out that hurt, and you gotta take out that pain, and then He's gonna say, I've already told you by the power of the conviction of the Holy Spirit, this is what you got to do. And now I'm going to leave it in your hands. Do you want to delete that from your heart or you want to keep it in your file? I'm here to tell you, church, you got to tell the Holy Spirit, give me the capacity to get rid of the old man and give me the power to click on, to become the man God has called me to be. But God says, look what the Bible says, the Bible says that we cannot have two masters, the Bible says, God cannot be mocked. We cannot have two masters. Either we serve God or we don't serve him. We can't come to church and, hallelujah, glory to Dios, thank you, Jesus, praise the Lord. Uh-uh-uh. And then Monday... Oh, you, 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 you know, you know, and then and, and, and a week ago I told you that God receives us all the way we are. Can I get an amen? amen. He receives us just the way we are. But then now that we are in him, we got to change. Yeah. Got to change. I, 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 you know, if I was beating my wife before I came to Jesus, God accepted me as a wife-beaten man when I came to Jesus. And right before I got out of the car and I came to church and I just jabbed her real quick, bap, right? And I come to Jesus and I come to the church and God impacted me. You know what God did? He forgave me for jabbing the life out of my wife. But now that I'm in Christ, yep. I can't keep jabbing and say, Glory to glory to glory to glory. I can't do that. Because, because because if there really was a transformation experience in my life, it's got to be demonstrative by the way I live. God, it's, got, it's got to show got to be demonstrative and this is the constant battle between between putting on the 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 new man and taking off the old man because i'm dealing with this database this thing that has been conditioning me to think the way i'm thinking to live a certain way to function a certain way to go about a certain way and now that i'm in christ god is saying you can't live in me thinking the way you used to think bruh you got to take that off that's the war between God, the devil, and the flesh. All three of these people, the devil, God, and the flesh, are after your CPU. They're after your brain. And let me tell you, the flesh and the devil, it's not the same thing. Because some things the devil bring in your life, but other things you bring on yourself. And they want to blame the devil. And the, the devil is drinking a pina colada in Tahiti somewhere. Talking about, I'm on vacation. Don't mess with me. I ain't do that. Some things you inflict on yourself because of your flesh... Other things, you allow the devil to inflict in you. And then other things, you live in victory because you simply said, God is the master of my life. Now, here's the challenge. Because the Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he's going to flee. Somebody say amen. Amen. But you can't do that with the flesh. The flesh ain't going to leave you. The flesh is going to be right there to the very day you're caught up in, based on 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, where we shall be raised up and be with God, caught up in the air. Until the church goes up to heaven, we're going to have to deal with this thing called the flesh. And the flesh is not skin, because God blessed the skin. God made this in the image of God. The flesh is those things you, you like to do that does, not allow, does not, does, does, that does not honor God. Those things we got to keep under submission, but in order to keep it under submission, you got to have information in your CPU that says, this is what I like, but this is what the Bible says. This is what I do, but this is what the Word says. And the more word you have in your heart, you control your flesh. What the Bible says: the biggest battle we have is in between our ears. Second Corinthians, chapter, chapter ten. Check this out. Before, let me let me me give you a a little snapshot, a snippet of this. The Apostle Paul writes Second Corinthians two years later after he wrote First Corinthians. He wrote First Corinthians simply because the church in Corinth was a church full of the Holy Spirit. This church spoke in tongues. This church had supernatural faith. I think this was one of the most, one of the most powerful church when it came to pneumatology, which is nothing else, than theology of the Holy Spirit. There was no, I think it was one of the few churches in the times of Paul that was spiritual, powerful, full of the Holy Spirit. Yet, when he writes 1 Corinthians chapter 1 Corinthians, when he writes 1 Corinthians, he's writing to a church that speaks in tongues, that's full of the Holy Spirit. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels and I have not love, I'm resounding on a clanging cymbal. If I have the faith to move mountains. In other words, this church had faith, this, word had, this church had the Spirit, this church had the Holy Ghost. And he says, he says, he, he begins to correct the church. To the point, because these brothers in the church, these brothers in the church. Let me talk about the brothers. When I say brothers, I mean girls and guys. This, the brothers in the church, they were, they were, they were out of whack. The church in Corinth, when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, the church in Corinth, you know what they were doing? You know what they were doing? There was a disorder in the church. You would go to church. It was a disorder. People screaming, interrupting services, speaking in tongues for no reason, just, just, just shouting out in tongues. It was, it was chaos. Not only that, but be, brothers in the church was ha- were having sex with their sons' daughters. Wow, speaking in tongues and running to the church, and hallelujah, glory to glory to glory. And at nighttime, they're sleeping with their daughter-in-law. And what does the apostle Paul do? Now, now the question is, two questions. How can the Holy Spirit be in you while you're doing those things? Is that, is that even legal for the Holy Spirit to be in me doing those things? The answer is yes. Because the only sin that cannot be forgiven is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. But that's why we talk about progressive sanctification, which is you're sanctified, but now you've got to work at it. But the problem with this church, you know the problem with this church? The problem with this church, they had the old man on and they had the new man on. You know why they, they did what they did? Here's what they did with it. Because of the cultural environment. The, this church in Corinth was, a, was part of a Greco-Roman culture. Greco-Roman culture. That means that Greece and Rome, the culture of Greece and the culture of Rome was embedded in the fiber of the citizens of the church. Now, all of these citizens that composed the Church of Corinth, they used to be from a Greco-Roman environment. And in Greco-Roman environment, it was okay for fathers to have sex with their daughters-in-law. Was, as a matter of fact, have you ever read the story or heard or, uh, in history about a man, uh, a Roman leader called Caligula? Caligula used to have sex with horses and donkeys. As a matter of fact, they say Caligula married a donkey. Can you imagine you go to his wedding? Here comes a donkey, all four legs. <laughs> he married a donkey. Most of the Caesars in the time of the Bible were homosexuals. So the culture said it was okay. That's what it was. And so now, and so now, the culture of the time allowed men to sleep with their daughters-in-law. That was the culture. That was the culture. There was nothing wrong with that because culture said it was okay. But Paul says, wait a minute, time out. If you are in Christ, you got to change. You can't be marrying donkeys. You can't have grandkids who, by the way... The mother of the grandkids is your daughter-in-law. You can't do that. So Paul begins to bring structure to a church that was saved because they were saved, but they had challenges. And then he says, you got to do this, and you got to do that, and you got to shift it. And what is he doing? He's drilling in their CPUs and trying to go deep inside because God's desire is for us to put on the new man. On the new man, and yes, I say God accepts everybody, and I believe in that. But now that I'm in Christ, I cannot live the way I used to live. I can't be in Christ and be people. I used to love to fight. I used to love to fight. What, what you said? I used to love to fight. I can't do that no more. I can't do that. I can't do that because it, it goes against what God is. He's peace, He's love, He's forgiving. He's so. So, when I if I'm gonna put on Christ. Then I got to show that reality in my walk. So first letter, Paul is going crazy at them. Y'all got to change this. You guys got to change that. You you can't be doing this in the church, and you can't be disordered, and you can't be abusing the stuff of the Lord, and you can't be doing this, and you can't be doing that. And then, and then, when they finally change, he explains to them how that resembles in the spirit realm. And he tells them a verse that we all know all the time, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. It says, the weapons of our warfare, do we have those verses up there? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Oh, no, we don't got it. But mighty through God to the pulling down, check this out. Somebody say strongholds. 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 Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, take this out, all of that to do what? Bringing it captive to the obedience of Christ. So all of my thoughts, all of my desires, all of my strongholds, all of my imaginations, I now need to let the Holy Spirit, and I now let, I need to take all of that and put it under the obedience of the knowledge, the knowledge, not the power, not the anointing, not the tongues, the knowledge of Christ, so that now what? Oh, God, will I preach it, oh, God. So that the knowledge of God can now enter in my Heart, and I can start operating on their new mental program by the power of the Word of God by means of the Holy Spirit. Church is full of people that get excited. They, oh, I love the Lord, but, but, but you got to change the CPU, you got to change the package, you got to download this thing called the Word of God. Now, I said, I said, I said, I said. The only one that can change us, that can change us from sin, is God. I can't. I can't save myself. I can't. My fact. Nobody in this room can deal with their sin. I can't resolve my sin. I can't. I can I can't resolve it. Why? Because the Bible says I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. The only one that has power to res- resolve the issue of my sin, my sin, was God. Romans 3.23, R- Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 and 3. The only one who has the power to eradicate my sin, in other words, that when God sees me, he sees me holy, is God. But now, but now, but now, but now, but now, but now. When, when, and so we come to Jesus. We come to Jesus, right? We say, thank you, Lord. I thank you because he cleansed me from all of my sins. Remember that, remember that? If you Spanish from the old school church, I, I don't know how to say in Spanish in English, but, gracias al Señor por la salvación de mi alma y el perdón de mi muchos pecados. Thank you, Lord, for the salvation of my soul, the forgiveness of all of my sins. There was a song we used to sing back then. Las cosas que yo hacía, ya no las hago más. The things I used to do, I don't do no more. Right? Remember that song? Okay. You all all right? All right, cool. But those things you used to do played a role in your emotions. And this is what I'm gonna lay on my head for the next ten minutes. Because God says I'll deal with your sin, but now how do you deal with the effects of the sins? The effects of the sin. The effects of the sin. Because generally, 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 when we talk about when we talk about sin, we talk about warfare. Right? Spiritual warfare, Lord, I bind the devil over this, I bind the devil over that. And, 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 and when it comes to sin, we always see it in the aspect of warfare. But there's more to that. Because fine, God, God you, you can go on warfare and fight the spirit of pornography, right? But now how do you deal with the effects of pornography that are still there emotionally? How do you deal with that? There, listen, sin has secondary effects in us. Sin produces depression. So I'm in Christ. God forgave me of my sin, but I'm depressed all the time. Depression is not a sin. God put in us depression as an outlet to heal ourselves. So when you feel depressed, it ain't the devil. You're just expressing a normal expression of an emotion that you have. But now what happens is God dealt with your sin, but the sin created depression. As a matter of fact, even phobias. I never gonna marry a Puerto Rican. Because all those Puerto Ricans are all the same. Some of y'all, because of sin, have nightmares. You can't sleep. (sighs) These are not, these are not, these are not actions, these are expressions. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with phobias? Because these things I mentioned are not sin. there are expressions of sins. That's why when you marry somebody, you marry somebody and, listen, when, you ma- when I married my wife, my wife knew all of my mistakes. All of them. I was a player from the Himalayas. Yes, I was. <laughs> she knew that. I had a girl in Brooklyn. I had a girl in Queens. I had a... At the same time, by the way. She knew all of my weaknesses. She knew all of my sins. She knew it. Here's what she didn't know, how those things affected me emotionally. And you know when she found out those things that affected me emotionally? When those things were presented to me again and I responded to those things. But up until that moment, she knew I used to be this, I used to be that. She knew my sins. I told her, hey, you got to be clear. When you get married, you be clear. This is who I am. And you know, this, yeah, this ain't my hair. Take off your wig. This ain't, this, this, take it off. You got to be real. You, you, know, you got to be real. You know, this ain't my teeth. Take it off. Yeah. This, ain't, this ain't my buttocks. Take that plastic Push it. Take, 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 take it off. And this is who I am. <laughs> you got to be real. You got to be real. But, 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 but there are things, there are things that you discover after marriage. So now, I, I begin to express inferiority complexes. And she's like, But what? Well, but, but Gabby, but talk. No, 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 I don't dare. I don't dare. And I begin to ex- exhibit these feelings, these phobias, these expressions that are not sin, but they are the effects of the sins I committed. So if you get, listen, 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 listen. If you get saved, that's phenomenal. If God deals with your sin, that's phenomenal. But then you got to say, Lord, give me the capacity to have the mind of Christ. And as you do that, Lord, help me to deal with my emotions. And, l- and let me tell you this, your emotions are not bad. Now. How long you allow those emotions to govern your reality becomes a problem because now you become imbalanced. Now you are emotion-led instead of spirit-led. But that's why you have to and I have to allow the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to help me. What does the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 32? The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And then he says, and he, who's he? The Holy Spirit who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And then he begins to say, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? And then he says, no, God is the one that justifies. And then he begins to talk about if he justifies, he glorifies. And if he glorifies, he sanctifies. And if he sanctifies, and I'm going to tell you, before you can say who shall separate us from the love of Christ, you got to understand that we got to give God room in our hearts and room in our mind and let the Holy Spirit do what he can do in our hearts and take off the old man, put on the new man, so that we can say, for I am convinced that neither death nor life... No angels, no things present, no things to come, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. That happens when you change your way of thinking. We're going home. We're going home. How do I deal with the effects of sin? How do you deal with it? People of Israel, the Jews, God delivered them from slavery. 450 years they were slaves. To Egypt. God opened the Red Sea. Uh, let my, remember the movie? Let my people go. God did for the Jews what they can do for themselves. And for 40 years, the Jews couldn't do for themselves what they were supposed to do for themselves, which is why they all died in the wilderness. And the only ones that made it to the promised land were the grandchildren and the children. because Because they were free, they were saved. This it me. And just like, many, just like the Jews, many of us are enslaved by sin, but we're still bound to Egypt and Pharaoh. They were free physically, but when they left Egypt, they were still slaves mentally. But, but Moses, in Egypt we ate onions. Moses, we were better off in Egypt. Dude, you're free. Ain't nobody whipping you in the back talking about, what's your name? Ain't nobody forcing you to work in the morning and you're so conditioned to the mentality of slavery that you can't even enjoy freedom because you're thinking about the past. God had to remove the Jews from their slave-like atmosphere, from what I call the ghetto. Can I say amen? Can I get an amen? amen. And let me tell you something. Some of us live Christianity in the ghetto mentality. I have a friend of mine in New York from the Bronx, South Bronx. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you're from, if you're from the Bronx, you know what I'm saying. I ain't wake up to alarms. I woke up to gunshots. Bah, bah, bah. Oh, seven o'clock, let's go. <laughs> Got to go to work. Pap, 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 pap. this guy, I'm not going to mention his name because some of y'all know him, he has lived his entire life and he's never left the ghetto. He's never crossed a bridge to go to Brooklyn. He's lived his entire life with a ghetto mentality. Ghetto mentality. And let me submit to you, there are people in the body of Christ that are living in the spiritual ghetto this is how i do it this is who i am you know you know you know you know the ghetto you know you could, you could tell who's from the ghetto you could tell right right ghettos walk a different way right ghettos ghetto folk walk a different way can, can i show you how ghetto guy walk <laughs> <laughs> like, bro are, are you suffering from like arthritis or something you're like this That's ghetto. (laughs) Ghetto, ghetto looks at everybody hard. That's ghetto. Ghetto is, ghetto is, ghetto is. You know what ghetto is? Ghetto is, you get paid Friday, right? And you're going to spend it all Saturday. Because you got to go to the Chinese joint. Then you got to go to White Castle. Then you got to do your nails. Then you gotta go clubbing and then you gotta spend it on ghetto is I'm gonna be broke for the rest of ghetto is I'm gonna live in a project apartment 14C with two bricks holding up my bed. That's ghetto. Ghetto ghetto is saying this is what I'm supposed to be for the rest of my life. But I'm here to tell you today, it's time to get out the spiritual ghetto. It's time to say, I'm going to the promised land. I'm gonna be who God has called me to be, and it starts the way I think. These guys were free. And 40 years, they were still living ghetto. 40 years. They had a cloud of fire that God gave them every night when it got cold. God put a pillar of fire. And seeing God, they were still ghetto. When it got hot in the desert, God put a pillar of cloud to give them air condition. And seeing God, they were still living in the ghetto. Living in the ghetto. And you know what God did? All of those people that left out of Egypt never made it to the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb. Everybody else that didn't change the way they thought, they died in between the old and the new. They couldn't handle it because they were not prepared mentally and spiritually to shift from thinking this is not how I'm supposed to live when I get here. This is not how I'm supposed to act when I'm in Christ. This is not how I'm supposed to function now that I'm in Christ. I cannot fight the devil here with the mentality here. I can't because in Egypt, I was getting whipped. But in this area, I'm going to whip the devil. When they were in Egypt, they would get whipped and they would get beat. But now when they go into the other land, God tells them, now you're going to go and you're going to fight and you're going to win and you're going to conquer. But if you don't change your mindset, you can't fight the power. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty to God for the pulling down of strongholds. You can't be a slave and want to win in Canaan. you got to have a shift of mind so that when you get there, you're not operating in fear, you're not operating in slavery, but you're going to operate in the power for God. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but love, power, and sound mind. So we got to fight, y'all. I'll preach this next week. We got to fight. We got to change our software package. We got to change. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not a Christian. Oh, you're a Christian. Yes. And God will work with you and God will work with me in my areas of of need. Because none of us, listen, look at me. Look at me. None of us are perfect. And I want you to know that. Because sometimes you have have a perception of us, pastors, that we are, I ain't perfect. You punch me, I might punch you back. I might, I don't know. (laughs) I might punch you back. You talk about my kids, it's going to hurt me. If you insult my kids, I'm not going to be like, no, oh, brace the Lord, brother. Thank you so much for the insults. You just encouraged my faith. No, you insult my children, I'm going to get hurt. I'm human. Now, to whom much is given, much is required. So there's a standard I got to live. But what I'm saying is, we have so much stuff to deal with ourselves, about ourselves. Listen, I got so much junk in me, See, you know, the pastors don't preach what I'm preaching because it makes us weak. No, but in my weakness, the Bible says I'm strong. I have so much junk I have to deal with that I ain't got time to focus on yours. You got so much junk to you, you, you. Now the person next to you, you got so much junk to deal with. You ain't got time to be. What did Jesus say? Stop pointing out the, the speck in the eye of a brother and look at the log you got in your eye. I'm not perfect and thank God God ain't looking for perfection because if he was looking for perfection we would never qualify he's looking for holiness and so and so and so how do we evolve check this out how do we evolve from sinners to saints how do we evolve from people that make mistakes and live a life of sin to people who can ask God to help us to shift our way of thinking. We got to give access to God to enter into our heads. Enter into our heads. Because the real you is not the one with the shoe and the tie and the nice clothes and the nice car. That's not you. That's not you. The real you is here. The battles you deal with here. And God is saying, "Let, let, let, let let me demolish you Reconstruct you, but no one will build a structure on top of a tarnished structure. No one. You first gotta go rock bottom, and you gotta go, you know. And you gotta you gotta dig and you gotta scrape off and you gotta pull out and sometimes 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 to grow things you gotta dig them. Sometimes I have a skyscraper. You got to break ground. Sometimes to be someone great, you got to be broken. But the question is, how do I handle my emotions? How do I handle my feelings? How do I handle my expressions? Because those things, God won't change for me. I got to change them for me. And he gives me help. He helps me in my weaknesses. And that's the word church. I want to encourage you, church. I want to encourage you, church. We're going home. I want to encourage you to be a people of the word. Don't just hear the word on Sundays. Be a people of the word. Be a people of the word. Allow God to help you to read his scripture. That's what we do in a Y'all, all, all of y'all, they don't, don't have they have Bible formation. Y'all got to sign up. And yeah, we're charging. Yes, we are. Yes, we're charging. Fifteen bucks. Because I ain't paying for y'all books. Y'all got to pay for y'all books. But you got to know. You got to learn. You got to grow. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, When I was a child, okay, you know, we, we had little kids in the church. As a matter of fact, today, some kids were crying because our nursery was, you know, one of uh, our leaders was, was in well. She didn't come. So we had kids crying today, and you know what? You're tolerated it. You know why? Because that's a baby crying. So we tolerate it, you know, Wow. we tolerate it. But imagine a 40-year-old interrupting a service. Imagine that. Dude, my ushers, they would have tased you out a long time ago, you'd have left out the church. Because you're an adult, and so maturity has expectations. So now that I'm in Christ, I have to mature. No, nah, because they, they don't love me. And, 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 and they don't love me like the way I am. But, yeah, but, but, but you're not supposed to be who you are if you're in Christ. You're supposed to be who God wants you to be. So hopscotching, uh, uh, you know, jumping from church to church because they don't treat you right. No, you got to stay. Psalms chapter 1 says, blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of the scorpion. Who does not walk in the ways of sinners, but he delights in the law of the Lord. And he is in the light of that law, day and night. Then he says, he will be planted like a tree among the river that lays its fruits in its season. And its fruit will not wither. What do you call that? Maturity. Maturity. So church, let God build us. Let God break us. Let God make us. Take off the old. Put on the new. Let us no longer live in spiritual adultery, having two natures in us. Somebody's got to die. So let's say, Lord, I give you my heart. I'm not perfect, God, but I'm willing. I don't know when this is going to happen, Lord, but I'm willing. I don't know how soon this is going to happen, Lord, but, but I'm yours. Lord, help me the way I speak. God, my tongue, that I don't offend people when I speak, Lord. God, my mind, that I don't think the way I'm not supposed to. Lord, I don't know how it's going to happen, but Lord, but just help me, Lord. And give me the power to say no. And then, Lord, help me to deal with the effects of the sins I make, the feelings, the phobia, the fears, the, the frustration, the depression. Lord, now, now allow me, allow me to deal with these things, Lord. And heal me from those things.